you're listening to Rogue Table Talks. Here's Mike. And we are off. We're back. We are here for you. Rogue Table Talks, Mike and Chad. Uh, mm. Rogue Table Talks, our rogue tabling talking uh, once again this morning. <laughs> RTT. Uh, RTT. From uh, Phoenix. You, Chad? I'm from Phoenix. I'm sitting here in a hotel room in Phoenix. I'm at a conference uh, with a couple of members of the operations team. Uh, and so it's only 9 a.m. here and it's 11 a.m. in St. Louis metropolitan area arizona has it's mountain time but they don't do daylight savings so it's sort of like it's a lot of things i mean i I think i'm actually going to use this i'm presenting later today and this sort of idea of right but alone like it's probably a good idea not to have daylight savings here uh because you know the situation with the sun being what it is but it's a little weird that they're the only you know (laughs) they're the only mountain state that's on a different time and so yeah 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 the kind of we're right yes but we're right yeah but nobody else is with you so uh anyway (laughs) Uh, that's good yeah um so yep that's uh that's what's going on here uh but we're still here for you we can still the internet is still working here in my hotel room and so uh, hopefully if that holds out we'll have a full podcast if it doesn't um (laughs) We'll patch it together, whatever we're allowed. We'll have a so. patched podcast. Yeah, we'll have a patched podcast. It might be more entertaining. You'd be like, oh, you hear what they said to these guys? <laughs> yeah, right. Cutting in and out. Uh, yeah, so we're RTT 120. We're going to talk about uh, Galatians. Um, it's a guy outside my window sweeping the roof, um, which is interesting. Uh, <laughs> kind of caught my attention. Yeah. Sweeping the roof, he's from whatever. Um, I was going to say, how, so, high, uh, how high up are you? That would catch my attention. <laughs> it's only the second floor, but there's like a roof area outside, uh, outside where yeah. I am. So anyway, they keep it clean. Uh, so um, we're going to talk about Galatians uh, for the next while uh, and um, about the gospel uh, uh, here as we start uh, and uh, RTT 120, I should probably say, um, if you haven't subscribed, you can go ahead and do that anywhere you listen to podcasts and such. Um, and uh, we have a YouTube channel. Uh, you can search for Rogue Table Talks. And we have roguetabletalks.com. And send us an email if you want, RTT at roguetabletalks.com. Um, but with no further ado, let's go ahead and dive in to a discussion of uh, the gospel basically, which is what we're going to be talking about uh, in various forms and iterations over the next uh, few weeks. Uh, and I just want to read um, the first uh, you know, few verses of Galatians and kind of get a maybe first 10 verses and kind of set the table. And then we'll just talk about, uh, we'll talk about what we talk about from there. Um, but this is how Galatians opens. It's Paul an apostle, not from men, nor through man, but through Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead, and all the brothers who are with me. To the churches of Galatia, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to deliver us from the present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Verse 6, I am astonished 
that you are so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Not that there is another one, but there are some who trouble you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preach to you, let him be accursed. As we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one you received, let him be accursed. For am I now seeking the approval of man or of God? Or am I trying to please men? If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. So, a lot there. Uh, mm-hmm. And we probably, with that sort of as the background, we can maybe just kind of back up and review the situation uh, in Galatia. Uh, that kind of what's going on there. I mean, let's talk about that for a bit. So what's your, what's your take or recollection of what's happening uh, in Galatia? Yeah, well, let me say, I think, two sentences about what's happening in the spread of the gospel in general. Like, this is... Um, this is a new movement in many ways sprung out of Judaism, but there's now a Jew who claims to have risen from the dead and the people are following him. So they're preaching this news that Jesus Christ has risen from the dead and your sins can be forgiven. And This news is spreading and people are rallying around it and uh, creating churches and they don't have a New Testament. Most of them probably well, most of them don't have an Old Testament, uh, so they're rallying around these teachings and um, getting in groups, uh, churches. So I just want to say that much of the New Testament is written as a response to when the gospel was spreading, what is the truth of the gospel, and what are the errors that are being taught around it? If you can imagine some new idea and it wasn't totally new but it was a new idea to people and then they hear it orally and then you're you're talking about it and teaching it well there's going to be missteps and uh errors or false teaching so to speak so much of the new testament is a response to let's make sure that the message that we originally sent out is still in line that everybody's checking their teaching against it and so that's happening all over uh, Asia, Asia Minor, not just in Galatia, but in Galatia specifically. Uh, it had, and why I said it's not, it's connected to the Jewish mindset uh, or sprung out of Judaism is because in Galatia, uh, the gospel was getting distorted into something like this. You, you know, you can follow Jesus, but you non-Jewish people in order to follow Jesus fully, you need to be circumcised because this is the mark of the covenant of the people of God. And we Jews are circumcised and we have Jesus. But if you want to fully follow Jesus, you have to be circumcised as well. So it's a it's a legislation that was being prescribed to them to be a fully faithful Christian. Yeah, and you can kind of understand it. I mean, given all of the backdrop you just named, uh, that they don't have, you know, they just don't have a Bible. It's not like they haven't been to Bible mm-hmm. school. There is no Bible yet to speak of. There's the Hebrew Scriptures, and many of them wouldn't have written that, read that yet necessarily. And so they've responded to this gospel. Uh, yeah. And this gospel had a connection to 
a savior who came out of the Jewish people and a connection to the law. And along come these people who are saying, um, listen, that's great, but you also need to keep the law. You also need to be circumcised. And, you know, there's a, there's a temptation just to say, uh, uh, just to be safe, you know, let's, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, pause here just for a second and hide your video for a second to improve our connection. I'll try to bring it back later, but it's, there's a, a, a hotel room internet, you know, uh, fallen world we live in. That's why we need the gospel. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but there's a, there's a, there, it's understandable impulse to say, let's just be safe here. Right. Let's have the gospel and we'll add, you know, required law keeping and circumcision uh, to it. Uh, and so, you know, what could hurt? You know, how could that hurt? Uh, and I think that's really the whole not reason for the letter as well, but it's really the whole impulse to add to the gospel, change the gospel. Um, and you can kind of understand why they wanted to do it and why maybe we do it now, right? I mean, it doesn't sound crazy. Paul's reacting strongly to it, but it like, okay, I kind of get it. Do you, does, that, does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, maybe it's taking not a bad thing, because circumcision wasn't a bad thing, but it's taking something that, maybe belong to a certain place in time or it could be a good thing but you're all you're elevating it to an ultimate thing so you know how do we do that today you know you need to follow jesus and and you need to do this and do this and do this but then you emphasize it in such a way that it becomes uh a legislated law like you have to do this uh in order to be a faithful christian and that's where uh and that's the challenge because no one's it's not a like you said you can kind of understand it's not a hey we're going to add this to the gospel because we think the gospel is insufficient nobody it, that's not the problem it's kind of this implicit teaching and given this emphasis we got to raise the bar here and you got to do this and you got to do this and you got to do this to the point of okay, that just feels like it's, now it's taking away from the gospel. It's actually, it's adding to it, but it's actually taking away from it because you just mm-hmm. um, neutered the power of the, what Jesus did on the cross and that we've been freed by his death, not by something I can, you know, accomplish in my own, you know, willpower. Yeah, that that is that is right. I think by adding to it, we take, a, take away from it. And it's striking, I think, to me, it the number of the proportion or percentage of errors, of theological errors in cults and sects over history that really are related to this phenomenon, uh, that mm-hmm. it's often related to adding to the gospel what we add to the gospel and how that distorts the gospel, uh, sometimes to place of not being recognizable as the gospel anymore. Um, you know, an, an example I have, you know, there's my experience with, with LDS missionaries, Mormon missionaries that come to the door. Uh, I, I often talk about Galatians 
I mean, this hasn't happened and they haven't come to the door in a while. There was a while there where they were coming to the door uh, more often. I think when the temple here in St. Louis <laughs> opened. They've marked um, you. Or right around there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think they were just, I don't know, recruiting, uh, striking while the iron was hot or so on. Um, and this seems to me to be a gospel uh, or a, a, an epistle written really for for that situation, not, you know, not explicitly, but uh, uh, we did do some missionary work out in Utah, helping a church, you know, get started and build a building. Uh, and it was really, that was his, uh, you know, feedback as well, that the book of Galatians really does speak to the, uh, the, the uh, Mormon belief system, uh, along with so many other belief systems to which they, will say Jesus died on the cross for the sins of mankind. Mm-hmm. And we must yep. accept And you have to believe in them. And if you do, and you have yeah, to absolutely. Mm-hmm. They say that, and then, but it's all the right. other things that are added as necessary beliefs that end up making it a different gospel and really taking away from the simplicity of, of that gospel. And it's just so many theological errors come under that category of taking the simplicity of the gospel and adding something to it and in the process, distorting it. And in the process, as you said, sort of taking away from it. Um, so is that, I mean, do you see that phenomenon or why do you, what do you think that is? What's going on there? Well, I mean, you know, let's just say that, you know, Paul was writing to a specific place in time uh, in the in the strict context, but but we think that you know the Bible's inspired, so that means it means something for us today. So potentially there's an error that is just going to be a part of the human experience, wherever you are, whatever culture, whatever time frame you live in. That there's going to be a temptation to distort or add to or undermine. Um, the gospel. So I just wonder, I mean, I see you talked about the, you know, Mormon missionaries. I, I you kind of see this in some evangelical circles too. Like you have to be a part of this church um, or you have to experience this type of baptism. You have to be baptized in this church or you, you know, you have to show this type of spiritual gift. Um, and it almost, it, it becomes like this implicit, addition to yeah 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 you're a christian you believe in jesus but that's that's not enough that's not enough and that's the sense you get is it's not enough we got to do this too so i I see this you see this in a lot of different um ways i think yeah i think that's totally right i think the that's kind of where i was going next it's easy to see when we look at cults and you know, even, I don't know, the Branch Davidians, you know, at Waco, you know, they, they used the Bible and said a lot of gospely things, but added a whole bunch of other stuff to it. But as you said, we do the same thing, uh, just in a much different setting and a milder scale, maybe not to the extent that we deny the gospel, as Paul is saying, basically, they will, he will say uh, in this letter that some are in in danger of doing, but to the point that which we want to put gates around it or put a fence around it, put a barrier around it, that in order to really be one of us, you have to believe this, do this, say this, go here, um, 
and that sense of it, it feels like we want to protect the gospel right is that maybe we want to kind of protect it make sure it's yeah. going to be pure and in the process we might be you know subtly changing it defiling it uh, and degrading it in a sense um, do you think that's an impulse that's there Yeah, I think when you say, I, I kind of like the idea of like what you become these gatekeepers and the gatekeepers actually maybe want to really protect it and make sure, you know, we've got this and, and but then you, you start to, the gatekeeper starts to decide who's in and who's out. How are they in? How are they out? Um, and then starts to put that on the community. And I feel like anytime we try to manage the gospel and try to manage people in the gospel, uh, we start to, to fall into this. Um, yeah. And I, I think, I think it's, it's, it's such a common thing. And even in our own, let's just say on a very personal level, very, you know, it's our own heart that says, well, yeah, but I, I should be doing more and I got to do this and I got to do that. And I just don't, you know, it's, it's the gospel and it's Jesus. And, um, you know, you, you, you look at the, how, how much the, um, health, wealth, prosperity gospel, uh, gains traction and, mm. you know, and it, it's a, it's a small, I don't think it's a huge distortion, but it is a, it is potentially an overemphasis on certain aspects of promises of God and faithfulness of God. And like, you know, you're the covenant people of God. God's going to bless you. And God doesn't want you to suffer. And, you know, God doesn't want you to have hardships. And um, it's not that there's, it's just completely false. There's elements of truth to that, but it's just imbalanced. So then it becomes a distortion. Like it's the gospel, but it's also a very like success oriented um, message inside of that. Yeah, I think that's 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 true. I hadn't really thought of that, but I think uh, it's another distortion of the gospel that's sort of well-meaning that falls under this sort of category. Um, one more that I kind of want to talk about is uh, in and, uh, and then we should probably. Uh, close it down before our internet totally fails um, <laughs> is I think so we can do this to ourselves so we can apply the gospel to other, in order for you to meet the gospel you have to black black blah 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 you have to do this mm -hmm. and the other. Mm -hmm. but I think we also you know so in other words the gospel for me but not for thee um, mm -hmm. and and there are certain people who are maybe more prone to do that than others but then there are other certain people who are the gospel for thee but not for me like the pure distilled gospel that of grace that jesus died on the cross and there's nothing i can add to it and nothing i can subtract from it really uh that faith in the work that uh, god's wor work of redemption through christ on the cross by god's grace that's how i'm saved it seems too good to be true to me and so I apply conditions to my own sense of 
salvation that I apply. My, I'm legalistic with myself. I don't have grace yeah. for myself. I, I harshly judge myself. And in a sense, I'm, I'm distorting the gospel for myself. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. I think that's true. Well, and let's just talk about the gospel in the context of love, God's love. Um, anytime we're trying to earn God's love, by performing or achieve God's love by performing or reject God's love, what kind of what you're saying by not performing well, then then we've completely we've distorted the gospel. It's a distortion of the free grace that we've been given to say, I can't do anything for God to love me anymore. I can't do anything for God to love me any less. I am completely about out there. I'll never be more loved than I am right now. But I do not think we. Um, I, when I say belief, I don't just mean like like thoughts or feelings. I mean like we we don't act like that. I don't think we act like that. Yeah. Yeah, and it, it's 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 a distortion of the gospel, but it's also obviously it's a misunderstanding of God's love because God's love doesn't work that way. Yeah. Um, and so you know it's kind of our own conception of God's love that we we feel more comfortable with. That I feel more comfortable with the fact that I've earned some of this uh, this love, and I think. So we're going to talk about sort of the paradox uh, and the dilemma that's that's part of this whole conception of the gospel, because I think it part of you know the elephant in the room and the reason we want to add all these kind of seems too good to be true, and it seems like mm-hmm. it could be abused. Well, that just means I guess I can do anything I want. You know, I've got to have a jail free card. I have you know eternal fire insurance, whatever. And that also is a misunderstanding of the gospel that we'll talk about in due time. Uh, but our reflex against that to so add to it, to make it harder, you know, to, to demand more of us in order to earn the gospel is uh, a distortion in the other direction. And I think, you know, what as we start this conversation in Galatians, I think it's good for us to pretend, you know, per, perhaps consider the possibility that I think we all do this to some degree for ourselves and for others. Would you say that's true? Yeah, I definitely think that's true. And that's what I was trying to get at earlier. If it's, if the book is spirit inspired, then it's going to apply to us somehow. And if this is an error, it's probably not just unique to Galatia that we don't fully understand it. And in our understanding, we don't fully act as if it's true based on either our self-condemnation and self-hatred or our judgment of other people. Um, yeah, so I don't, uh, and I don't, I think, you know, next time let's talk more about when we say gospel, what do we mean? Because I think it's just such an easy word for churches to throw around and, um, you know, we just got to believe the gospel. And I'm like, well, what do you, I would just say, I would just say, if we're going to talk about it like that, if we're going to teach people, if you're a teacher or, or you're, you know, going to help be, if it's going to be helpful, I tend to say, let's try to not use that word. Um, and let's talk about what we mean when we're talking to that person in that moment. Like, go ahead and apply what characteristic of the gospel, whether it's like, yeah, you need to receive forgiveness or you need to repent or you need to trust that you're loved. Like what, instead of just saying, well, well, the gospel sets us free. Okay. Well, it's just word salad. Like, what do you mean? <laughs> yeah. What do you mean? Yeah, no, I think that's right. I think that's, that's really the whole discussion of the book 
uh, in a sense, is what really is the gospel? What really is grace? Uh, and how does that work uh, in my life? And then what can sabotage it? You know, what can get in the mm-hmm. way of it? Uh, and so, you know, as we, you know, close our thoughts for today, um, you know, basically it's, it's this sense of what really is grace and you know, how can I take hold of grace uh, and uh, live in grace, uh, you know, by faith uh, and you know, walking in truth. Uh, and we'll spend the next you know, number of weeks kind of talking through that, that whole idea of, you know, how should we understand the gospel? How should we experience it? How should we have grace? How should we share it with others? How should we have grace for ourselves? Uh, and so with that, I'll be, you know, the familiar, uh, the familiar benediction that we give to these, to these podcasts is grace and peace. Thanks for listening to Rogue Table Talks. Be sure you're subscribed to our podcast wherever you listen and on our YouTube channel. Just search Rogue Table Talks.